I know uh, you're listening to Toronto today, 640 Toronto. I know for talk show uh, yobs like me, you hear your voice and you're like, do I sound like that? I don't think when bands hear their single, they're like, did we really lay that down? But this is the new single, I Run on Country. And uh, the Washboard Union is in studio with us. And we welcome in the band. Uh, and from I'm going left to right here, we've got Chris, we've got Aaron, we've got David. Thanks a lot for coming in, guys. All Thanks wearing ball caps. Us, buddy. Thank you. Two Washboard Union ball caps and a Montreal Expos cap. So you're current and retro at the same time. 81 Expos, that's right. <laughs> the 81, oh yeah, the Blue Monday. Yeah. I was in fourth grade when that happened, oh. watching those evil L.A. Dodgers. Breaking my heart right now. Is that more upsetting than the 94 strike? That was a tough one. <laughs> I'm bringing you down. I, we're supposed to be uplifting. Yeah. He's um, not over either one yet. He's not. He's not. Um, you can go to the washboardunion.com, find out more about uh, this particular band. But um, you guys were on stage last night. Uh, got it. The weather held up in Toronto, Chris, and, and had it a good did. show. Yeah. I don't know if that was a nice reprieve from the hot weather in Toronto or not, but it was a, a fantastic show and, and just so great to be back here. We don't always get out to Toronto as often as we'd like, so... It was incredible to be back and back on the CNE stage and, and just here. It was just, we always get such great warm welcome when we're here. Well, I'm always on um, that Setlist website, Setlist okay. FM. My wife's like, what are you, you're supposed to be researching the show. And I'm like, I'm looking up like shows from, you know, 1980. What, what when was the first, last time Bon Jovi played here? That kind of stuff. <laughs> but I see that you guys, let, when you were in town in 2019, pre-pandemic, you played the Mod Club. We Aaron, did. what, that's, what we a great did. historic, we got so many of those. Lee's Palace is like that, the Mod Club, the Horseshoe. Yeah. You played the Mod Club. That's a that's a tightly constricted yeah. venue there, though. It's and sadly really got, no longer, right? Right. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make it through um, the pandemic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody bought it and they'll refurbish it, but it doesn't exist as the Mod Club right now. The Danforth Music Hall is another one, great one here in, in the city. What's it like playing yeah. in a small club for your fans instead of you, you're doing a lot of festivals fresh air and all that this yeah, summer. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because we, we do do a lot of summer festivals where you've got, you know, 20, 25, whatever many thousands of people there. But when you break that down back to a club, it's kind of reminiscent of where we started from because we started off playing for beer tickets way back in the day yeah, and then realized that people were coming out to actually see the group. And then it became something bigger than what we were creating in our minds, basically. So when you get back to a club, it's so much fun just to like bring it back and kind of remember where you came from. And then the energy in a club like that is it's almost like the energy is contained. So it just feels like it's buzzing in there. So yeah. it's, it's really fun to get into a small club again. You guys have probably noticed this. I'll, I'll, I'll take this from any of the three of you. Toronto has gotten, I think it had a non-country reputation. And we didn't even have a country station on the air in Toronto. I, I moved back here from Michigan in 2007. And there wasn't as much country music on, but I think it's exploded now, David. And it's it's a big country market. We Luke Bryan can sell out Rogers Center. We were just talking about Morgan Wallen. Like some of the biggest shows at Bud Stages right. here have been I, country gigs. I think Morgan's doing three nights here. Crazy. No one else is. Yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, you you walk down the street, you see a lot of cowboy boots in town now, and that's something you didn't used to see a long time. Not a lot ago, of horses. So. <laughs> Not a lot of horses. But, yeah. You do well with the traffic. It's probably the best option. But yeah, yeah. a lot of cleaning up with those horses. But you know how it goes. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, people, like last night, people showed up and, and they were ready for a country show and, and heck, we gave them one. So they're there to enjoy. Chris, you notice that in, in BC as well? We'd, like we, we think of a yeah. BC's music scene as maybe not being as much country, but we were just talking about the evolution of country. Country is now, it sounds like the top 40 I listened to 20 years ago. Well, wow. When I hear I run on country, that's to me, that's a that's a pop song with, with a rock edge to it. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's it's true in that way. I mean, you think of some of the bigger centers in Canada, like Vancouver and Toronto, maybe not being as country, but then you go and you see how many people show up and you just realize how many artists too are from out there. I mean, 
Dallas Smith, Washboard Union, Jojo Mason, Sean Austin. There's a whole lot of artists in Canada um, that are from Vancouver. But the other thing we see now is that country has exploded worldwide. Like we play in places we never thought we'd play. Uh, Southern France, uh, Spain, uh, Italy, Ireland, and like places that don't have country radio the way Canada or the U.S. would have sort of everywhere. But there are huge country fans all over the world. And so it's been so exciting to to see our music travel with us. I'm glad you brought that up because I went to the UK first time when I was 24 in 1996. And there's no way, like you think, who's a big artist in 1996? Garth Brooks, Aaron. And you wouldn't hear Garth Brooks on UK radio. No. But now you do hear these massive, massive artists. The 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 Jason Aldean song, like that, that charted and obviously had some controversy with it, but it charted in the UK. Like it entered at like number eight or number seven. It's changed. It's just evolved to where it's global now. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the uh, the social media yes. uh, outlet there that uh, helps with that. Uh, YouTube being a big one. We would show up at these festivals in uh, Spain and uh, as Chris was saying, Italy and France. Mm-hmm. And these people had entire line dances done to not just any old line dance, but specific songs that we had. So when... Head Over Heels comes on. They have a dance for Head Over Heels. When Shot of Glory came on, they've got a dance for Shot of Glory. <laughs> it was incredible. And they have workshops. So earlier in the day, they would get together and you'd have master coaches teaching these people how to do the dance to Shot of Glory, for example. So that at night when the concert came, a thousand people are doing a line dance. It's but incredible. It, it, it's slightly different, though, because instead of uh, red Solo cups and beer, it's like fine crystal stemware and Vive Clicquot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just a little refined. Well, Bud Stage here in Toronto has these uh, guitars that it's mostly, uh, I'll say this, it's mostly more women than men buying it, but it's a very cultural thing where they're just filled with like red wine. And it's enough <laughs> red wine to knock the four of us out combined. <laughs> But some women go back for a couple, women and men go back for a couple of them. I think they're like 58 bucks. Like it's yeah. you, free you, refills. That's right. That's right. It feels like, yeah, it's like at a at popcorn at a drive-in. It's it's like that. And Chris, we listen to music so non-conventionally like we used to. So when uh, when Aaron mentions like YouTube, like we don't sit there and watch. We don't, we don't watch videos like we used to. We don't vi- consume videos like we did when we would just put much music on or if we could get MTV, we'd just sit there and watch it for an hour in a row. People seek you guys out via those streams, though, so they can see what you're doing. They do, and there's such communities that that turn people onto it. I mean, it, it is the strangest feeling to walk into a sound check in France and see people singing along to your song when it's never played on the radio, yeah. and, and you kind of don't understand how they would have known it, but they do it. And they know every word, like they're rabid fans. Um, so it's the most incredible feeling that way. The other thing is that people are exposed to music in such a, a different way than they were before, right? We are able to consume so much so quickly that you can become a fan of a whole lot. What's, what's different, we found, for our music is people have stuck with us. It really feels like a union. It feels like a, a family um, because we've had fans that had you know, started being fans and then they got married and had kids and now their kids are fans. And it's just the coolest feeling to have families show up at the shows too. Uh, we've got Chris Duncombe, Aaron Grain, David John Roberts with us. They are The Washboard Union. You can visit them at thewashboardunion.com. Um, yeah, you guys have been at it. Do you, do you, uh, I always think, um, you can imagine with a talk show and whatnot, um, disagreement behind the scenes and debate is good. Do you guys debate, argue about singles, how to put a song together, lyrics, music, solos, good discussions that, that make for a better, better thing at the end? Or do you, do you yeah. find you fall in line and you go, no, you all kind of have that instinct that it's the right thing. I'm not saying you're the police. I'm not. <laughs> I'll, 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 hold on a second. Or spinal tap for that matter. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the next you argument. You talked enough. 
How do you view it? Uh, you know what, though? Uh, it, everybody's passionate about music. Yeah. And uh, everyone has the same goal in mind, and that's to be uh, the best songwriter you can be, the best musician you can be, the best performer you can be. So it's it's a great environment to be in. It's challenging at times. It's it's inspirational at times. And it, it just, it, it's constantly changing. Um, we always joke about it, though, because there's three of us. So decisions get made really quickly. And you make the decision, and and everybody supports it, and you move on. It's just uh, you got to do it. You got to move forward. Like a three-headed d- democracy, basically. If you're third man out, then you're just out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's been a real family journey. Like you might not know this, but Aaron and I have known each other since we were 13 because yeah. our parents started dating each other. My dad started dating Aaron's mom, mm-hmm. and so we grew up as stepbrothers. And so it's always been sort of a family affair as we've grown up with it. Our families have gone through it. Aaron's kids have grown through it. All these kind of things. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And and are uh, parents happily together still, et cetera? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, no, they were for about 15 years, though. Okay. Yeah. 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 What was that early? What were those early? Because t- t- teens, that's, you know, you're establishing relationships with your parents. You're establishing your own relationships as well. What was that dynamic like between you guys? Everybody wants to make sure everybody's getting treated the proper way, right? And right. happy. I remember, you just see your parents I remember it being very strange because it's like, okay, it's time to go on a camping trip to go meet, you know, our, yeah. my partner's uh, son. And, you know, we have our own friends at that age and you're, yeah. you're nervous or whatever the case is. And we realized that we had music in common right away. So we just sat in my mom's uh, Westvalia van <laughs> and on the floor with a, you know, cassette tape thing and, and listened to music. And we wrote our first song together, I think at 13 and a half. So, you know, it's been going on for a long time. David, did you find them or did they find you? I actually won them in a card game. I, so. that, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that happens. And uh, yeah. what was the, what was the game? <laughs> Chase the ace. Chase the ace. <laughs> now, I you, uh, Wikipedia is often untrue. It certainly is sometimes for news articles. You guys actually were called Run GMC at one point in time. <laughs> How long were. did that last? That's a deep, was that that's a deep dive. Well, Greg. it's on. I, I know we could do some editing later on. Uh, we can get our. <laughs> this wasn't like you know the new Yardbirds or something, which was Led Zeppelin's original name. This wasn't something that is uh, is a tale of yore. This actually happened, right? Oh yeah, it was a real thing. This Absolutely. was we just used to go down Tuesday nights in this band house we we lived in and just played old trucker songs of songs we love with Marty Robbins and Red Sovine and C.W. McCall and all these old country and old bluegrass. All the Trucker Tuesday. And then our friends started showing up at the house when we'd be playing, so we decided to go to you know bars that friends of ours owned, and then people just started showing up more and more. So we kind of needed a name. We thought that name was funny. And then played and played <laughs> until a producer went, I want to do a record with you guys. And he was a fairly renowned producer. And, and he said, you've got to change the name or we can't go any further. <laughs> they weren't expecting Run DMC covers, were they? They weren't expecting uh, UB Ellen you or know, anything funny to, get we, to come out for you guys. We actually got hired in Whistler to play a Ford event. And we were called Run GMC at the time. <laughs> Built Ford <talk. laughs> totally. uh, It's like coming to a, something sponsored by Coke and saying on stage you drink Pepsi or something <laughs> totally. like that. Yeah. that. That mistake can, uh, can be made of fair bit um post pandemic what was it like getting it all back together i mean the pandemic just derailed everything for music i i've often i've had people in the music industry said listen we were the first thing to shut down we were the last thing to come back but we're roaring right now you see the concert numbers the concert industry live music's never been bigger this is a massive year absolutely yeah it was it was a big pause uh you know when we thought it would last a week or two three maybe and then it dragged on for a good three years we were we just finished playing the States uh, just before the pandemic hit. So we're in Texas and Oklahoma and a bunch of other places. And we were just sort of like 
getting a good run down there. Yeah. And then everything shut down. So it kind of kicked us up back yeah. a little bit. Did you have to travel just, back? Like you felt like this is something's going on. The walls are kind of closing in a little bit. We don't know what we should do here. Like keep playing or go back or. Well, it's just, just the way business works and, and getting the, our business back on track after the pandemic, but we're finally getting back down there. Um, and so now we're, we just played in Wisconsin, we're on our way to Florida. Uh, we're playing Mexico again here in the new year. Oh man. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, things are getting right back. So to your point, yeah, it's coming all back again, but what I'm noticing is that instead of buying things, people are really buying experiences. They want experiences. Right we, we just, we sat around with stuff. For two Ooh, years, we just yeah. acquired stuff, put something in the backyard, got a new TV or whatever, and then we just wanted to go out again. So more we people really than, than ever, I'm hearing, they're traveling to these concerts. They're traveling eight hours drive to come to, a you know, for yeah. us, a Washboard Union concert or flying across the country to go to like some country fest or, you know, something like that. But it's not stuff, it's experiences. Well, and um, I'm sure there was Vancouverites flying out to Toronto for Taylor Swift next number, but we're really oh. sorry Vancouver didn't. I'm serious. I, I think you should have got a couple of shows. I think this should be re relitigated and investigated. Um, but either Agreed. way, um, we can't thank you guys enough for coming in. And you did it the night after a gig, so I know that's not conventional. But I thank you guys for coming in. And uh, people can find the new single "I Run on Country" on Spotify, wherever, and find out more about you guys at thewashboardunion.com. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank I'm you, happy man. for your success. Thanks for coming in. I'm a fan. Man, thank you so much for having us.